Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy. So today's episode is finally an episode on nihilism. This will be the first episode I'm sure I'll be relating this topic to other things, but this is kind of just like a good, or I'm hoping it's going to be a good kind of foundation starter for what I kind of mean by that. So, whew, nihilism, let's get into it. What a topic. So some want to dismiss it as a topic for, you know, the edgy 20-something that that wants to rebel against the world, wallowing in their own pessimism, acting as though they've they've realized this profound nature of reality and all of the the rest of us are just living in this grand lie. To to that I say, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But that idea of nihilism is just that. It's just it's an idea as in it's it's an ideal people who call themselves nihilists are in some way striving for this this state of nihilism the ideal of actualizing nihilism and what does that even look like they're they're basically proclaiming i have stared meaning in the face and i have killed it but but have you really can nihilism even be an idea with an ideal. So I'm going to see where these these thoughts go today, but something I've really been grappling with in my life personally is this fine line between insanity and making sense of the society I live in. Do I do I double down and try to be an active member of society or do I just just drop out from it all? That balance is a state of being. Maybe maybe you could call that in an an idea or an ideal. But I better understand it as a psychological state of being, a balance between insanity, insanity, creativity, and the mundane, free thinking, and submission. So the constant battle of balance, that's how I want to kind of connect nihilism to your, to your basically to your waking life, to have you understand it as a state of being, not so much as an ideal that you kind of dogmatically follow. And... If at the end of this episode you accept that, let's say, nihilism might just be better understood as a state of being, you might just have to come to terms with the fact we all must live with this this nature of nihilism within us. But if you'd like to support the show, quick little self-promotion, check out the Patreon page. Also, check out the Discord to continue the discussion on episodes like this. And yeah, check out the Discord, follow me on Twitter, follow my TikTok, follow me on YouTube, subscribe. Videos are coming out more often as well. And also leave a rating and review. I really, really appreciate those. Also just getting feedback by email. I really appreciate that. And as always, I really appreciate you all for listening. Keeps me motivated, keeps me wanting to do this. But anyway, let's get back to the show and let's enter the labyrinth.
These thoughts today are inspired by the philosopher Nolan Gertz. And I hope I hope I pronounced his name right. Nolan Gertz, who he does a lot of work on nihilism and and also in tech um, and kind of using nihilism to look at kind of the technological innovations we've had through that lens of nihilism. So I, uh, so I say inspired because I put kind of my own sort of spin on it for under, understanding the concept myself and also trying to spin it into something that you can take some sort of kind of contemplation away to think about for your waking life. Cause that's, that's what I try to do on the show. Right. But what really changed my perspective on nihilism was this, this one sentence by Gertz. Nihilism is a constant threat. It's constantly lurking. It's a psychological state that is part of the human condition. It's just there. It's not, it's not something followed like an ideal. It's an observation of the human condition. It's an observation of, oh, wait, 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 wait. These facts from science here, ideas of meaning and, and understanding of life. Yeah, great, fucking interesting, man. But how do we really know? Like really know for sure with like with certainty. What we know about psychology is we really can't trust what we're observing. Maybe maybe we're all living in a simulation, right? But wait, we lucky little fucking humans, right? Yeah, we actually can't know. We can we can maybe place probabilities and, and probabilities that are extremely likely, like the like the existence of gravity. Very, 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 very likely that gravity is very real. <laughs> It's very objective, right? And and I'm not saying like everything's subjective. That's not what I mean by that. My point is, is we can have very high probabilities, but still I'm talking about absolute, absolute, no doubts, no ifs, ands. We're not wrong about anything about that certain idea, that certain thing, a certain law of physics, whatever it is. We We don't have that. That idea of knowing something with absolute certainty. Yeah, nah. Humans don't get that. We don't have that. We're tapped into the universe, I think, through consciousness or whatever it is. But we, we, we are not all-knowing of what's going on in the universe. We're just not, right? So for Gertz, you have the, a choice to make. You either keep thinking and, and risk alienating yourself. I feel like I just pronounced that really weird. Risk alienating yourself <laughs> from society or stop thinking and risk alienating yourself from reality. So I, I, I love this idea because I think it directly hits with my desire to keep my mind kind of, to kind of keep it constantly wondering, constantly being curious as to those thoughts, beliefs, rituals, understandings out there lurking in the world, lurking to be explored, or not lurking to be explored, but out there to be explored. You become met with this dilemma of am i am i learning a certain way on an idea because because society tells me to do so or is this idea giving me a kind of a little little sliver of knowledge wisdom or insight into a more i don't i don't know if i want to use the word real reality but more maybe i want to use the word more authentic reality your more authentic reality or maybe we cannot have access to a more real reality or but we only have we only perceive our own authentic reality. How accurate is that one? So so once this rabbit hole though, that's what I'm trying to set the stage of here. Once this rabbit hole thought stream starts, you can't you can't seem to shake it. It's like a realization that you just can't get rid of. It's always it's always lurking there. We can we can 
We can bury it deep inside of us, but it, it's, it's there. Honestly, though, what adds to this? You listen to, say, a, a truly great scientist, the ones that acknowledge the thing they've come to believe is true could be proven completely fucking false tomorrow. The Albert Einstein, Stephen Hawking's, and the Carl Sagan's. When you listen to them, when you talk to them, or not saying I ever talk to them, but you talk to people like them, maybe. <laughs> you can see that state of doubt lurking in their eyes. And that's a good thing. It's, to me, it shows how genuine they are of the human condition. The state of, I'm trying to know. I'm trying to wonder. I am curious. But I actually have no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> and that's okay. At times... This scares the shit out of me. I'm not I'm not going to pretend like it's just it's just this blissful state all the time. I'm just it's all good. You know, yeah, we have no idea what's going on. We might just die in the in the burning abyss of the cosmos, but hey, it's great. <laughs> it's not like that all the time. But also at times it becomes peaceful. You know, why would you want all the answers? What is life really really about? And maybe this is just my biased perspective. But I think of it as a pursuit of a higher calling, your purpose, understanding yourself, understanding the cosmos, knowledge, wisdom, or love. If And, and maybe it depends on the person and what those follow. Maybe some people are more interested in what it means to love something or be loved. What is it to have wisdom or give wisdom? What is it to have knowledge or give knowledge? Each person can decipher that in their own way. But if that project truly has an end state, that project of you, where you know with absolute certainty, you feel it in your fucking bones, what's left? What's left, really? If you know all of it, all of that, there's nothing moving to keep you curious. The game is never ending, and I think there's beauty in that. And so, so kind of here's my, <laughs> this is what this is all leading up to. So here's my bold statement that I no longer think is very bold. <laughs> Nihilism is lurking within all of us, but we all make the choice to either be passive nihilist or active nihilist. But first, let me kind of explain or add some clarifications about nihilism. Nihilism, the supposed philosophy of nothingness, right? But what does that even mean? Nothingness. Sit with that one. When you start thinking of nothing, you are thinking of something. Your thoughts are something, right? And in our modern days of thought, nihilism has been connected with, with also being a cynic, for example. Although cynicism is an is a ancient Greek philosophy, the modern interpretations have focused on the negative traits of the philosophy for, for oversimplification. It has turned into a negative belief in humans, such as a disbelief in the sincerity or goodness of human motives and actions. This negativeness is a common theme among self-proclaimed nihilists. So, you know the cynic, right? Is a type of person that might go around proclaiming, life is, is pointless. Maybe it is. <laughs> Believe what you want. But, but the cynic also believes they found this, this truth, this, this truth brought to us by, by nature. They have it in their hand. They hold this knowledge. You better follow it because guess what? It's the fucking truth, right? And, and I think feel like if you've been listening for a while, you know my problems with that type of statement, right? 
how do I feel about people that base their life decisions on a philosophy that they believe is absolutely true? I'm skeptical. The cynic finds themselves living in their own ego, proclaiming they found some special truth in the world. And with this truth, they sometimes find pleasure in mocking those who pursue meaning or maybe, let's say, altruism. But I'm bringing time or bringing this up because the cynic I just described, well, they usually get the the title of nihilist, but that doesn't really describe them. Much like, say, versions of of pessimists, they get connected to nihilism as well, as they've considered nihilism, or, or, or as they are considered nihilist in nature. People who have been consumed by the meaninglessness in life, they find no other choice but to embrace the despair. When others look to to evade despair, the pessimist wallows in it embracing that despair as though they should take pride in thinking they found yet another special truth, a truth that only only they seem to take pride in. <laughs> now let's get back to this distinction, though, between passive and active nihilists. The active nihilists, they reject values, right, given to us by other people and groups in society. They choose to erect values of their own. This isn't to say they don't listen to what others have to say. They just don't fall in line, pledging allegiance to the values of established groups with established understandings. You then have the passive nihilists that choose to believe in more traditional values, even with some doubts that have, that have crept in at some point with the question, huh, what, what if this is all bullshit? What if? Now, maybe my leap, my assumption here is maybe... Maybe this is too far, but I get it. We have we have that family member, friend, or you've probably met someone in a church, right? They come up to you with that big fucking grin, pleading to you, please, oh please, let me help you find your way back to Jesus. You just need some Jesus in your life. Turn to page blah, chapter blah, verse blah, and you will feel him. You will feel what I feel. You will see the truth. I have no idea why I just did a southern accent. I did not mean to offend anyone. <laughs> but yeah, that's the cure for all of your problems, right? Do we, do we really think that? If you listen to the show, well, you, you're probably immediately telling yourself, fuck no, and wanting to maybe tell that person to F off. But do you think that thought has ever crossed their mind? That's the question of, what if this is bullshit? Even if they, they were brought up in it, devoted, they go to church every week, every day maybe, lead a youth group, post inspiring quotes that they try to relate to the Bible, making videos on social media almost in tears talking about their love of Jesus. Like I said, I am not mocking this. You'll, you'll see why I'm not mocking this. Now, don't think I'm painting this picture, like I said, to mock. I'm not far from it. Sometimes I'm even envious of the type of person that with the, with that with that certainty in their words. It it's, you know, how do I phrase this? I've envy sometimes because they've run from that doubt. They've run from that uncertainty. They've run from that chaos. When I said earlier, although most of the time I I'm I'm happy to be in this state of curiosity. But sometimes that state of chaos enters back in and sometimes you just wish 
What if I just buried this chaos so deep, so, so deep, and just followed some tradition or some value that was given to me? Never questioned it, just just followed it. Kept my tunnel vision going, followed it till the end of the tunnel, even if that tunnel was never going to end. I do wonder that. And for some, I think it's, it is working. Where they have this belief structure, they put full faith in. They found the truth, they found the absolute truth, and they're going to follow it. Nothing's going to change their mind. No evidence in the fucking world is going to change their mind for some. They found some sort of peace. Should I completely mock that? Probably not. Probably absolutely not, actually. I, make it, I mock it on here just a bit because I know I attract people who are skeptical of those established beliefs, but they want to pursue those questions. You want to pursue that doubt. You do, the audience, you listening right now. I know you do. That's why you're here. Now, my point of why they are still passive nihilist, the churchgoers at least, do you think that question has popped into their mind? The question of, is this bullshit? I say yes, even if it's a brief moment, even the, even the slightest little glisten of darkness there. That's that momentary, that momentary feeling of, what if it's bullshit? What if it's bullshit? What if it's bullshit? You hear even even dedicated Christians essentially describe this moment. Consider some some young uh, youth pastor wearing skinny jeans and he's got his his hoodie cut off thing going on. He's got some tattoos going. He's got his 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 um, cross necklace on. He's he's singing his tunes, playing his music in the background, rocking and rolling. Really hip dude, right? Telling you, yeah, I had my doubts. I didn't know where I was going in life, but I remember I had him. And then you, you ching, you, you play the cinematic guitar sound and the music plays and everyone cheers for Jesus. I, 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 maybe you might be able to tell I've, I've been to one of those um, non-denomination, non-denomination masses. And I was, I was just curious. And, and then they go on to say, and you can find him too. You can find him too. Turn the page, blah. First blah, and let's get let's get right with Jesus. So my point is that phrase of, yeah, I had my doubts. It's the firm believer acknowledging the existence of that state of being, that state of nihilism, that state of this could be bullshit. That state of your meaning could be torn down into a state of meaningless if you just entertain that thought, if you just let that in, if you just let that nihilism in for a moment. And as you might be able to tell, I'm not saying nihilism is all bad, and we'll get into that. That's why I also want to describe here. It has its purpose, I think, in a way. Maybe that's like paradoxical to even say that about it. And I'm not placing a value judgment on being an active nihilist or a passive nihilist. That's not the point. It's about being aware of the eternal meaning proclamations people are making about their beliefs. It's tapping into something with the human condition, the state of being human. And also, I think if you, if you sit with this distinction, you begin seeing which groups and people in society are, are which type of nihilists. You can see the foundation they are building on. The act of nihilists is, is maybe necessarily more aware of the state of meaninglessness. But I see it as those who question those established norms more, like saying, oh, people in society say smoking weed is immoral? Fuck that. 
Society says you should only have X number of sex partners. Fuck that. Oh, my religion says you can't marry someone of the same sex. Fuck that. And then you insert your own meaning or you find your own meaning as simply as I've decided smoking weed isn't bad because it helps me be, let's say, creative, develop my thoughts and calm down. Done. I've just made a personal value statement claim against society. I just decided I'm not going to follow the established norms. I'm not going to follow the traditions. Fuck you. You don't know. You don't know shit either. Well, none of us know shit. But let me point something out, though. I'm calling nihilism a state of being, right? It's those, it's those moments where you stare the abyss in the face, consumed by the doubt, consumed by the potential darkness, consumed by the unknown, the uncertainty, the chaos, and you make a choice of which version you will be. So maybe this is a better way to put it. We all tend to agree. We go out into the world trying to create our own meaning. Even the Christian does this. They claim their God gives them free will, an opportunity to create your own meaning. Now, we can say the universe doesn't care about your meaning. Therefore, the universe is meaningless. I get that. I get what you're saying. But it's about the state of being, the state of acknowledging the humans, that humans are creative creatures that enjoy creating meaning for themselves. So that belief structure, meaning structure, and purpose structure you create for yourself, whether it's it's the passive nihilist, you know, passive nihilist route of taking traditional beliefs or customizing your own thought into being a more active approach, the state of being when all that crashes down is being in nihilism, being in a state of meaninglessness. That potential stays within all of us. Nihilism is lurking within all of us. So I brought up the idea of following religion and having those thoughts of what if this is bullshit for a purpose, <laughs> but maybe a, a more relatable thought many of us have had is, is you're going to work, you're, you're studying for that exam, or you're, you're saving up for that next material item, a new laptop, a new phone. I, I do this shit too. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. I have way too many flaws, but the thought pops into your mind. What's the point of this? What, what, why am I doing this? Why am I working towards that? What does it all mean? Who cares, right? You study for some tests, you memorize some things, you pass the test and forget everything. A cog in the machine, not learning, just getting by. And stick with me here because I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to explain why I think understanding nihilism this way matters for helping you in life. It may, it may be, it may be, it may be, it doesn't, I don't know. And maybe you thought that maybe the thought intensifies of, of, you know, let's say, let's go back to the exam example. Why should I study for this exam if I'm going to die someday anyways? That thought. At some point, you know, the sun is going to consume the earth. Billions of years from now, that star that we have in our solar system will explode, forming a supernova. And then somebody will, or, or then someday still, her universe will likely be consumed by a black hole. The universe might be consumed by a black hole. Yeah. So trust me, I get where you're coming from with those meaningless feelings in your thoughts. I get them. I have them too. But when we enter the state of being, that state of being, that chaos, that nihilism, we can wallow in it, stay there. We can deny it and follow the traditions of that society that that society wants to brainwash you with. Or you can become active. Do we choose momentary suffering or do we choose the constant existential suffering or do we follow the dogma of others or do we step back, embrace that despair and chart our own course? 
a flowing course that remains curious, loves to wonder, and is open to a challenge. Now, you can't change that state of being. That is nihilism. It's just a state of being. It's an emotional state. There's no trophy at at death for wallowing in that despair because you've embraced that as your truth. Key phrase, your truth. I'm not saying it is the truth. Follow those emotions that guides you. What makes you proud? What makes others proud? And what can make the world a better place? If you don't know where to go, start with those questions and answering those questions. And probably in that order. (laughs) But that pit of despair, though, absurdity, blackness, nothingness, chaos, it has a purpose. It does. It guides you. That question of, what if this is all bullshit that I keep saying? And maybe that question leads to, yeah, what if it is? Either way, do what I enjoy. I'm going to enjoy the ride. Or, or consider, you know, well, this belief sucks. Let me, let me check out those, these other ones and check in on those. Why do I have those? The ideas in our world are endless. Don't waste your time following dogmatic, mundane, and, and hateful beliefs. That state of being in nihilism can show you just how much your own thoughts can shape your reality. How much belief shapes your reality. If you don't like what position you're in or that position you're in, fuck society. Chart a course that makes you feel happy, meaningful, and act with purpose. Don't don't chase meaninglessness. There's no victory in it. There's no joy in it. Just the same death we all get. Whether you embrace the nihilism, wallow in it, or choose to say fuck it. That state of nihilism can make you aware of how precious time is. What that time is going towards that you spend every day. And that's a, that's time is something I'm evaluating myself. Maybe more importantly, it can show how to be a better person. Something else I'm constantly trying to work on. It makes you realize, wait, that state of nihilism is in all of us. We are all trying to escape that feeling of despair, that feeling of nothingness, those angry, those, so, okay, so consider this, those angry in society, sad, in need of help, we can help pull them out of that abyss, because that's where they are. They're just in that abyss. Nihilism is an abyss because it goes against our desire to create meaning. I think it's, it's the wrong question to ask whether or not meaning exists. Meaning exists in some form by our own personal creation. The better question for you is, what do you find meaningful? But as always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I kind of let it free flow a little bit more. And we'll be covering other stuff like this. I'm going to relate it to try to relate it to other topics and get into some more details. And basically, I want to see all of, all of your reaction to it. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this left you some some food for thought. But as always, thank you for listening and get the fuck out of my life. <laughs>